All right. We have a very special edition of the Motivation Congregation podcast. And it's special because while we always try to highlight great works of Torah literature, fascinating new Sepharim, this Sefer is different, different because of its author, and different because it's a deep dive into something that interests a lot of people, but what perhaps others may not know a lot about the topic. Uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome the great Rav speaker, historian, Talmud Chacham, Rabbi Gladstein, into the show once again. Thank you so much. Of course, Rabbi Gladstein, all I know when we talk about the great Tana Rav Mer is that El Kodemer Aneni is a famous song mm-hmm. and that the tzedakah boxes are quite widespread and frequent in shuls. Okay, so that's a good starting point. We know uh, the famous te- the famous prayer and tefillah of Rameir, El Kadmer Anini, which uh, is a little bit puzzling because why is Hashem associating himself with Rameir more than any other person? Uh, there have been a lot of great luminaries over the generations, and we don't say El Kadmer Bikiv Eger Anini, El Kadmer Sam Soifer Anini, El Kadmer Bishayla Karastir Anini, but it's El the mayor Anini. So what is Hashem's association with a mayor? And isn't there a rule Hashem doesn't associate with the living? Oh, so it was a, even, a, like, was it even Yaakov, right? Even Yaakov or a, uh, exactly. Yitzchak. Even Yitzchak. Right. So and Rav Meir was the one who said this tefillah. So uh-huh. that's sort of the starting point. How could Rameir say de Meir? That's the question of the Marsha. Where is this Gemara? And he said, what was Kifils in the background of that? Yeah, yeah. so the Gemara in Avadazara, it's a, it's a worthwhile Gemara to review. But the Gemara says that Rameir's sister-in-law, Rameir is the, uh, married to the daughter of Hanina ben Tradyoin. He was married to Burya. And Burya's sister was captured by the Romans. She was brought to a brothel, a base Zainois. Mm-hmm. And Rameir was tasked with rescuing her. And uh, Romer tells the warden, okay, I, I got to rescue my sister-in-law. The warden's like, well, I have a job here. Mm-hmm. So Romer says, no, I'll give you a few bucks. And if you have an issue, you just say, and the warden was incredulous. What do you mean just say, who says it works? So they tested it out on some wild dogs and it worked. And the warden used it. And Romer was able to rescue his uh, sister-in-law. By the way, so we see that of uh, all the different powers of the Tefillah Al-Qadr it's most effective against dogs. It's most that, of, actually, What I, happened I to know. those dogs? Yeah, they, they, they left. Somebody <laughs> told me that uh, they were on Hatsala. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, just yesterday, somebody showed them uh, that they got bitten by a dog. And he's like, well, you, uh, you, know, you know the new book that came out. You should have said Al-Qadr Anini. Uh, so that's great. it. <laughs> if I'm in traffic now on the way to Yeshiva in Lakewood and it's taking me an hour, I'm on the nine. I'm just going to say Elika Demer Aneni. Look, uh, it depends if, if they're wild dogs holding up the traffic. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, right, in general, you know, the we bring in the book that the Kloisenberger Rebbe would advise his um, students and people who asked advice during the Holocaust what they should do. And one of the piece of advice Kloisenberger Rebbe gave was that People should constantly say the Tfila Kadmeranini 
And it's written in, in the Kreisenberger Rebbe's biography that those who did were actually saved. So it's, let's say, we'll mm-hmm. call it a general purpose tefillah. In mm-hmm. ge- it's an effective overall uh, tefillah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so maybe the, the, we're speaking about Rav Meir, who is uh, one of the most frequented, cited Tanoim in all of Talmud Bavli. Yes, yes, right. And, in other words, uh, the Tanakama. Yeah. <laughs> Stam Mishnah Reb Meir. We're talking about the Tanakama. Uh-huh, We're talking uh-huh. about the student of Rabbi Akiva. Um, and what? And where did where did the Rav find out of all the topics to write about? And uh, it last last uh, calculated there were ten thousand shiurim uh, by Rabbi Glassy and Altar anytime. So so what's with with respect? What's with the new obsession and and interest in specifically the Tana Rav Meir and him being a Balinese or? Um, honestly, it's yeah. inexplicable. I, Rameer grabbed a hold of me and I couldn't shake it. He, what does that mean? In the um, Mishnah? Rameer in the Mishnah? I just started, uh, noticing his opinions in the Gemara. I had a question on one of them. I had an idea to answer it. That idea snowballed. I thought I was going to write like a small contrast on the subject and about how many statements from mayor are thematic and lashitase. And once I began the process, I literally could not shake it for a year until this work came about. It just came about. Um, yeah, wow. it's really super. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's like Lamala Manatava. Uh, yeah. well, I, I, I reached out to a couple people to try to educate myself about the book that have read it. And they are all speechless and courting some, of, even from some of the people at art scroll, they're very excited about it. Um, the front of the safer, along with some of the um, advertisement that art scroll does for it is based on Rav Meir's, the worldwide shita, the worldwide phenomenon of Rav Meir, and specifically has to do with um, the love that Hashem oh, has right. for the Jewish people. Maybe the Rav could speak to that. Yeah, so the specific worldview and shita that I'm referring to is Rav Meir's opinion that irrespective of our behavior, irrespective of our actions, our conduct, we're always considered the beloved children of Hashem. In contradistinction to the shita of Rabbi Huda, who says that our, our relationship is conditional, that we're mm-hmm. only considered children when we do the will of Hashem, Rav Meir says it's unconditional, that irrespective of what, of how we act, we're always the beloved children of Hashem. And this is a theme we see in many shitois uh, of Rameir. Just to name a couple, uh, let's say Rameir says that Hashem says that when a Jew suffers, kalani meiroshi, kalani mizroi, my head hurts, my arm hurts. I mean, God says he, he feels our pain. Mm-hmm. Why does God feel our pain? Why is God empathizing and sympathizing with us? Because we're his beloved children. Same way a parent feels the pain of a child. Reb Meir thematically says that because we're the beloved children of Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu feels our pain. There, there are many, many proofs. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. is, is the, uh, the, my, my yeshiva head says Reb Meir is Choshesh Lemiot, right? Oh. That- okay, so actually, um, in the book, we do um, offer a connection between the view that Reb Meir is Choshesh for the miyot and Rameir Shita, they were always the beloved children of Hashem. The connection being that in the world of Rameir, we're never down and out. There's always that remote possibility of return is significant. Mm-hmm. The remote mm-hmm. possibility 
So there's a funny story that um, when Rav David Oppenheim, who was the Rav in Prague, was on his deathbed, and they wanted to ask him, you know, who do you think uh, who do you think should be the next Rav? So Rav Oppenheim says, what about Rameir? And, and then he passed away, and they couldn't figure out, you know, Rameir who? Which Rameir? There's no Rameir in Prague. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the Nehru they got the job because the Nehru Huda said he wasn't referring to Reb Meir, a rabbi mayor. What he was saying is, it's true he's on his deathbed and he's a goise, so most, most goises yeah. don't make it. But we're a Meir who's choshish for the meat, and maybe uh-huh. I'll make it. Uh-huh. And because the Nehru Huda hopped onto that, he was appointed the next Rav of Prague. <laughs> wow, that is an interesting anecdote. Vignette. So, so, so the reader... It sounds already very exciting. The Jewish people are are very much a miut uh, mm-hmm. in the world, and being chayshish lemiut and the hope that is even when you're down and out, being the underdog, perhaps. Um, there's a lot of charity and giving of tzedakah that's involved with Rav Meir. Where does that fall in here? Okay, excellent. Um, it's very much connected to. Uh... What we just meant, uh, mentioned, it's connected to the idea that a mayor is choshesh for the miyot. Um, in, in the worldview of Rameir, we're always the beloved children of Hashem, which, by the way, allows us to give tzedakah because there's a, there's a discussion. Are you allowed to give tzedakah? Because uh-huh. think about it. God decreed this person should be poor. Uh-huh. So you're what? You're going against the decree of the king? It's like imagine mm-hmm. if a king threw someone in jail, said no one could support them. Mm-hmm. So if you sneak them food and, and resources, you're going mm-hmm. against the king. The only mm-hmm. allowance for tzedakah, and this was the argument Rabbi Akiva said back to Tornus Rufus. He says, mm-hmm. well, what if the king locks his son in jail? And then someone sneaks in and tries to support him. Then, um, th- then the person would be rewarded. So mm-hmm. really what allows... Us to give tzedakah is Rameir's opinion that we're always the beloved children of Hashem. And that means Rameir and Rabbi Akiva are in agreement about this issue, mm-hmm. which is which is of note because Rameir was a Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. Right. And it, amazingly, you know, in um, Perkei Avais, who says, Chavivim Yisrael Shenikru Banam Lamakayim? Rabbi Akiva. Mm-hmm. Who's going to guess Rameir? Yeah, but you're right. In Avais to Reb Nassan, it's Rameir. And the Mepharshim mm-hmm. ask, yeah, well, well, so who was it? Mm-hmm. And one of the answers given is, it was Rabbi Kiva, and he gave it over to his Talmud, Rabbi Meir. So it was both of them. Mm-hmm. Which is they, consistent because they both hold of tzedakah. Rabbi Kiva argues to turn us Rufus, tzedakah is permitted. And as we know, tzedakah is very much connected to the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Uh, it's, it's epic. I'm, I'm so excited because yeah. the, the, uh, it's such a big uh, emphasis that a lot of rabbis will put in learning to have lishy tussos and have everything kind of add up nicely to build a nice tower of perfection and logic and in svara. But it almost seems like somebody's going to meet Rev Meir by reading this book. You, you kind of see how everything comes together. Um, yeah, very much so. I, I, I hope, you know, we could say we bring some of the view of Rameir to life. And Rameir is uh, actually buried in a very unusual position. Rameir is buried standing. What does that most mean? Pe- most people, they're buried horizontal. Rameir <laughs> is actually buried standing up. This is what's brought by the Ben Yehoyada from Reb Chaim Vital. And the reason being because 
in the end of days, when it comes time for Hashem to bring the Geula, ultimately what's going to bail us out is the fact that, look, we might not be worthy, but we're the beloved children of Hashem. So Rav Meir's viewpoint is what stands up for the Jewish people until the end of time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Where well, am I I'm so excited because in a world where a lot of the Sfarim that come out are, are uh, you know, short little nibbles on the Parsha, like quick hits, it's so exciting to hear, to see a new niche and, and, and like uh, someone that's bringing all the mastery and all the depth of a topic to, uh, to somebody, it sounds like, but there will get more than what they bargained for when they will get the safer. There's a Hashem. I, I thank you for your time. I, I know you that you are a busy man and I, I wish you luck on all the trips. And I'm very much looking forward now to uh, reading the Sefer and Elokad de Aneni and I'll make sure to hit the tzedakah boxes wherever I go. <laughs> very good. Bracha Nice Amen. talking. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you.